behind every obstacle, there is a solution, there's a lesson, there's a teaching. Welcome to Teach Me Something New. I'm your host, Britt Morin, and this is a production of iHeartRadio and Brit Co. All my life, everyone's told me I should focus on being good at one thing. But the truth is, I'm curious about a lot of things. But how do you learn about everything? The answer? Make the world's best experts teach you in less than an hour. So come along with me as we all learn something new. Today's guest truly needs no introduction, but I'll attempt to give one that encompasses why she is such an icon. Diane von Furstenberg is a living legend of the fashion world and has done it all. She single-handedly put wrap dresses on the map. She's been designing clothing to liberate and empower women since the 1970s, and she's even dressed some of the most powerful people in the world. She also pays it forward through her DVF Awards Foundation, which honors and provides grants to extraordinary women achieving excellence in the nonprofit space. And I have to tell you that my first DVF dress was purchased for my college graduation, and it is a dress I will never forget. So today she is joining me to share details about her new book of advice called Own It, The Secret to Life. Welcome to the show, Diane. Hi, I'm so happy. It's very nice to speak to you. You too. You know, I've been such a fan, just like so many women, I'm sure, are. And I have to congratulate you on this new book, which just came out on International Women's Day. I know you've written a few memoirs, but how is this one different? Well, this is more of a guide than a book, actually. So, I started to write this book as the prose, you know, from beginning to end. And then I got so bored. I thought it was boring and condescending. And then I realized that maybe I should do it like a little dictionary. And I picked, I think, 268 words, my favorite words. And I started to write my own kind of definition or an anecdote about these words. And all of the words go back to own it. And then I had started to write it. And then COVID happened about a year ago. And then all of a sudden, this book that was supposed to be fun and gifty and on the verge of frivolous became all of a sudden serious and deep. Well, I actually have the book. Thank you for sending me an advanced copy. And I picked up on a lot of that. There are some words in here that are much lighter. And then there are some like death, (laughs) which I, I actually liked this one the best because of the story you told around death. And you say, knowing that death is inevitable forces us to think about it, live with it and own it. I used to think that to die sleeping was the best death, but I'm not so sure anymore. And side note, I always thought dying sleeping was the best as well. So, so you say, My friend Lilu was Coco Chanel's last assistant. And one night, Mademoiselle Chanel called her and asked for her to come. And she said, I'm feeling strange. I think this is how death feels. And when Lilu arrived a half hour later, she found her boss dying, sitting in her favorite chair. And you say in the book, I love the image of the strong Coco Chanel welcoming her last passage 
determined to go as elegantly as she had always lived. So can you comment on this? This is an incredible story. Well, so first of all, death in general is something that is very present in my life every day. Since we are dying, I don't understand people who are afraid to think about it. I think about it every day because that makes me enjoy life more. And when Lilou told me this story about Coco Chanel, I love that because I love the idea that she died sitting in her chair, all dressed. And there was something about being in charge that I really liked. She lived her own death. And I think since you only die once, I think it's kind of nice to try to live your death. Do you think about death for yourself as in you would welcome it if it came? You've lived a full enough life? No, but you have to understand. I have been thinking about death since I'm 19. So it's not because now I'm an older woman that I think of it more. I always think about death. I mean, I have found the spot that I want to be buried. And I have no problem with death at all because you got to own it because it's inevitable. Right. And in your mind, death seems like a celebration of life, of owning this life you had. Well, if life is a journey, death is the destination. So you just hope you get there as late as possible and with the best life. Yes. And you've certainly had an amazing one. One other word I like from your book is courage. You know, at Britain Co. and my company, encouragement is our brand essence. Like we are trying to do everything we can to encourage women to do that big, scary, hard thing that's sitting in front of them. By the way, by the way, by the way, you have courage in the word encouraged. Yep. So it's very appropriate. Right. And that's why I'm bringing it up because the definition of encourage is to give courage. courage. Exactly. And that's what the mission of my company is. That's nice. That's a very nice mission. Thank you. Let me read what I said. Yes. Courage is using our character for strength. It is the willingness to face danger, challenges, and emotions. We practice courage by managing fear and obstacle. Password own it. I love that. And what were some of the most courageous moments you've had in your life? Oh, you know, it's not always the biggest one. Yes, of course, when 26 years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. Wow, you don't expect that and all of that. And so you need courage. You need to own it. You need to address it. But courage, it could be much smaller things. It could be making a phone call telling a friend something that's going to be unpleasant. It doesn't always have to be something huge and dramatic. It's courage. You can have it on little doses, on big doses. You need it all the time. I mean, character, you know, character is actually my favorite word. And what I love about character is that you could lose your wealth, your health, your beauty, your family, our freedom, but we never lose our character, even under torture. Our character is our strength, our spinal cord, the house inside ourselves. It is all we can truly count on. And character and courage go together. Yes, I love character. I think that's incredible. And when I think of courage and character too, 
I remember reading your story and narrating your story for the Rebel Girls podcast. And actually, I'd never known a lot of the childhood life of Diane von Furstenberg and how your mother, Lily, was part of that. And you traveled from Europe over to the States and set up in New York and had this really difficult time, especially after the wrap dress was a success, but then we got into the 80s and early 90s. And, you know, you had all these ups and downs with escaping that childhood, with starting a new brand when women weren't really starting companies, with the rise and fall and rise again of the business. So speaking more specifically from an entrepreneur's point of view, because we do have a lot of female entrepreneurs in our audience, how would you define failure and courage and resilience? Like what were some of the traits that you used or maybe words from this book that speak to you most with an entrepreneur lens on? You know, it's so similar what you do for life, what you do for work. And that's what Own It is about. It's about the fact that you cannot escape truth. And it is most important that you never are delusional. So whether it is a company that you build or a relationship or just who you are, it is really important to practice truth. For me, the most important thing is that the most important relationship in life is the one you have with yourself. Because once you have that, any other relationship is a plus and not a must. And also that forces you to be responsible. Yes. And that works obviously for, you know, leadership and business and all of that. Well, the analogy is the oxygen mask, right? In the airplane, you have to put your mask on first before you can put on even your child's mask or anyone else's that you can help next. Oh, I never heard that. Yeah, I think it's the great point. You've got to take care of yourself. I love that. Say that again. So if you're on a plane and they tell you, you put your oxygen, you have to do it before your child. Yes, you have to take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. And I think that's relevant for women, especially. That's very nice. I'm going to quote you. I like that. You can quote me all day long. (laughs) I like that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, 2021 is effectively the start of a new generation. You know, as we are hopefully moving past COVID, we are 
coming online more and more. We have all these young people who know how to use digital tools and start companies literally within hours. Many are calling this the entrepreneurship generation. What are some of the pieces of advice you have for anyone who might be considering taking the leap into starting a new business right now? I think that the most important thing is to have a vision and go for the vision and make sure that whatever you offer, whether it's a product or service, is makes sense and that, that you're offering something that people are going to want. And then you have to stick to what you want to do to your own vision. You have to hear everyone and listen to yourself. Have you ever gone astray in your own business? Oh, yes. You were doing things that people told you to do, but you didn't want? Oh, yes. Constantly. Constantly, of course. I mean, there's no such thing as a, you know, a river that's always smooth. I mean, life goes up and down. The landscape changes. There are mountains. There are clouds. It's snowing. It's raining. I mean, that's life, you know, and you have to learn how to navigate and go with the flow. Don't try to swim against the wave. I agree with that. I am the overachiever, the Enneagram 3, the perfectionist. And I think part of my types of personality trait is that we think we're going to solve all the problems so that one day there might not be problems. (laughs) But the reality is, to your point, there's always going to be problems. There's always going to be climate change or something new in the world to deal with. Yes, but it is good that you want to solve problems. And sometimes, you know, you are in front of a huge situation, you know, a genocide or some terrible thing and say, well, what can I do as an individual? But what I realize is that if you change one person's life, behind that person, there is a dynasty. So there's no deed that is too small. There's no saving one life that is too small. That's beautiful. I think that's actually really great advice for anyone starting a new journey or a new career, a new business. Because if you're starting with five customers and you feel like you haven't made it yet, you're actually wrong. Because to your point, Diane, behind those five people is a whole family and legacy of people that they can reach. Exactly. And that's how everything starts. So do you have a favorite mantra? I know you have all these words in your book, but do you have a favorite mantra or quote that you live by? The ones I use the most is fear is not an option. Love is life. If you doubt your power, you give power to your doubts. It depends, you know, but I repeat pretty much the same thing over and over. And also the relationship. I cannot tell enough myself and others that the most important relationship is the one you have with yourself. But now it'll be forever linked with your oxygen mask. (laughs) I love it. I have a piece of art in my house. It's called Airplane Crash. It was made by an artist in Brooklyn and it shows the safety manual being totally ripped apart during the airplane mask, but there's the one person in the middle that's still putting on their mask. And so it leads you to wonder, did they come out okay? (laughs) Did they come out alive? And it's a beautiful art piece. So I'll have to send you a photo or something. Can you talk about some of the harder moments of your life and what got you through those difficult times? Have you noticed that you don't remember your physical pain? I mean, you could be in a terrible, terrible, terrible pain, 
But once the pain is gone, you don't remember the pain. You remember, oh, yes, I was in big pain, but you don't remember the pain. And for me, obstacle and challenges are the same. I just process them and then I turn things around. And then after that, you don't even remember that it had started with the challenges, you know? So the big things are made out of tiny things. There's so many examples where I was really, you know, oh my God, you feel like a total loser and you made mistakes, but then you accept it. And once you accept it, somehow you deal with it. Yeah, I agree with that. Every challenge is just something to propel you forward, right? It's life's way of putting you back on track. Exactly. And behind every obstacle, there is a solution. There's a lesson. There's a teaching. Some are large and some are small, but all of them propel you into the place you're supposed to be. Do you believe in spirituality? I know you have Zen in the book as one of your words. Do you subscribe to any one belief? It's funny, I was talking to my godson today and he was talking about me being spiritual. And I said, oh, you think I'm spiritual? I had never really thought I was that spiritual, but I do believe in spirituality. I believe in energy. I believe in karma. I believe in doing good. I believe in all of that. So I guess I am spiritual. I love that. Looking back, do you think you were able to strike a balance between your work and your personal life? This is something that even us millennials and ultimately the Gen Z generation are going to have to deal with more and more, especially now that we are at the maximum amount of female employment that we've ever had, which is great, but we're still falling short as it relates to equality on the household and childcare front. Yeah. Listen, when I was very, very young, it was very, very hard because I had two children by the time I was 24. I was separated by the time I was 27. I had a huge company by the time I was 28 and I wanted it all. And so it was tough. Actually, one of the things that I did in order to somehow be able to combine it all was buy this house that I am in, my house in the country. I bought it for my 27th birthday and that I felt like, okay, everybody goes in the house and everybody's free to do what they want to do. And somehow it will help me to balance things. Balancing is difficult. It's something that women are used to actually, because I don't know how men would do by having their period every month. (laughs) I don't know how they will be able to balance that. So I think that our body and the kind of person that we are as women, it's all about balancing. It's a lot, but you could do it all. The important thing is don't panic. Do everything slowly. Focus on the intention. Intention is a very important word. It's more important than energy, more important than power. If you focus on the intention, you will get power and energy. Oh, I love that. And when you say intention, how should we think about our intention? Is there a place to start? Well, I mean, it was the person who really raised that word to me was my Tai Chi instructor. And he said, you know, you have to think about your movement you're going to do. But it's such a great thing. Even just the word intention, 
it automatically forces you to calm down and to go slowly into the vision of what you want to happen. Do you create vision boards or do any of those types of practices to manifest or to set your intention? No, we do boards, you know, for collections. So for me, making mood board is something that's really related to my work. No, but I do a lot of visualizing, yes, myself. You know, I visualize where, how. I'm born on New Year's Eve, so every New Year's Eve, I take a big sheet white paper and I divide it in column and one is family and the other one is my brand and the third is me. And then you focus on your intention for the year, for the different categories. And right now in the me category, it's really focusing on using my voice, my knowledge, my experience, my connections, my resources into helping other women to be the women they want to be. Yeah. And create as much of an impact as I possibly can. I think you've done an incredible job at that. You have this really amazing sort of motherly hen (laughs) nature about you, which women of my generation are so desperately seeking. Because to be honest... How old are you? Your generation, I'm 35. Baby. A baby. (laughs) It's a great age. The 30s are so good. They're the best. I finally feel like an adult now and that I have confidence in my work and what I'm doing. I started my company when I was 25 and I felt like I was faking it until I made it for a little bit. Don't worry. And now I've done it for 10 years. Faking it is part of making it. I agree. I actually teach a women's entrepreneurship class now. We've helped launch a thousand female founders. And I teach them that as like one of the first steps. Like you have to be comfortable knowing that you are going to feel like an imposter. You are going to have to speak like we instead of I and pretend like the brand is bigger than it is because Ultimately, to your point before, that is part of manifesting where you're going, right? If you believe it and you're speaking with such authority and confidence about this brand that you've created and this amazing service or product that you have, other people will believe it too. And I think that's part of marketing, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I actually have to ask you this too, because I took a little bit of a note from you and from the fashion world in general when designing my company by putting my name in it. It's Brit and Co. So it's not my full name, but I got so many questions from investors and consumers of like, well, what happens if you ever leave Brit and Co or you die one day? Or, you know, how does this brand live on? And I pointed to people like you and to Walt Disney and to Ariana Huffington. And I said, look at all these brands that have existed even past the founder and have gone on to become household brands. And so do you have any advice on the disassociation between your personal brand and your professional brand if it is named after you? When I started my company, there was no such thing of creating a brand. I mean, now I talk to young designers, they've barely made anything and they're talking about their brand. I didn't think about that at all. When I first made my dresses, I called them 
I don't know, I did the label with my name. I didn't even think about it. And then I became a brand. And then I became DVF. But in my family, everyone calls me DVF. Even my grandchildren, my children. So I don't know. I am the package. But I will always be the founder of DVF. And I hope it will last after me. But it was very associated with me because there was a purpose, right? Who did I design for? I designed for the woman I wanted to be. I never wanted to be a girl. I always wanted to be a woman, but I wanted to be a woman in charge. So that woman, that woman I wanted to be is still the woman I want to be. It's still the woman that I cater to, but it's more about a feeling, you know, it's about that. And so that was my cord. That was my mission. That was the purpose. And clearly, when I first made these little dresses, all the other designer looked at me and said, what is that? You know, what's special about these little printed jersey dresses? And there was nothing special, except that when women wore them, all of a sudden their body language changed, their boyfriend, their husband touched their ass, they liked it, and it made them feel confident. <laughs> and, you know, yes. one person once said, It's the dresses that you get the guy in and his mother doesn't mind. (laughs) And I thought that was a sweet definition. That's a beautiful definition. And the wrap dress has gone on to be an infamous part of your brand. And it's been incredible what you've built from there. And I love the idea also that you can start a brand with just one killer product. It's something that I also teach women all the time. Just focus on a killer product. Oh my God, it's more recommended action. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the trick later is that you always have desire to diversify and people come in and it's very important to stay close to your core. And it's the hardest thing for people to practice. Yeah, I agree. Especially for entrepreneurs who see the world as a big shiny object. So if you're out there listening, stick to your one killer product and refine it, refine it, refine it before you move on. Speaking of which, I see you're sitting inside of what looks like a DVF home. There's wallpaper, there's pattern pillows, there's a pattern lampshade. Is this all part of your design? And then my second question to that is, how does your husband feel with you designing everything? Do you have to have your space versus his space or does he let you go wild? No, actually right now, you know, there were times that I had my name on everything. I remember Richard Gere coming to my house and he was feeling very insecure. He was a young actor and I was more famous than he was. And I remember he said, why do you have to have your name on everything, including the soaps? <laughs> so right now, actually, it's not the case. But over my life, I've designed many, many different products. But home is something right now. I'm actually sitting on my couch with my fabric. Yes, it looks beautiful. Okay, so I want to ask you, as you are such an inspiration to so many women, which women have inspired you and what did they teach you? Uh, What inspires me is women's courage. I don't know if you know, but our foundation, our family foundation, 
has created the DVF Award and where we give money, support, and exposure to these extraordinary women who had the strength to fight, the courage to survive, and the leadership to inspire. And those women are incredible. These women are heroines. And you don't know who they are. I can think of Sunita in India or Veronica Scott, who was a child of homeless parents on drugs and who turned her life around. And not only did she turn her life around, but she has a community. She gives homeless people work. I mean, there's so many women that are just extraordinary. But the women that you may know, I mean, obviously my mother, the girls in my family, my daughter, my granddaughters. And as far as, I don't know, Mother Teresa as someone who I thought was incredible. Anita Hill. I can think of so many people. Yes. Well, there are a number of women out there that I'm sure you've looked up to, especially over the years. I want to do a quick lightning round before we wrap with style questions, because I feel like it would be a disservice to the listeners not to ask you a couple style questions before we leave. So this can be really quick answers. Uh, There are five questions here. And the first one is, obviously, you know, we've been in a pandemic for the last year. So what is your go-to outfit for pandemic living? Oh, try to change tops for different Zooms. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good advice. Makeup or no makeup? Uh, You know, it's funny. Actually, a little makeup, I think, is important because otherwise, thank God for the Zoom. If we didn't have Zoom, we would not wash our hair. We wouldn't do anything. So (laughs) I think the Zoom has kept us fairly decent. I love it. Tips for youthful appearances as we age? Oh, body language. Oh. Two things matter. Eye contact and body language. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say like sunscreen, but that makes it that body language. And what is your favorite body language posture or position? (laughs) It's about being comfortable in your skin, body language, isn't it? It's about enjoying who you are and being able to be comfortable in your body. Got it. I've read before that women should, you know, stand with their shoulders back and their elbows out to sort of emulate a more male (laughs) posture to have presence in meetings and things like that. But I see what you're saying is the body language of confidence, which can come through eye contact. The body language of confidence and the body language is also using what you have best, right? So if you have good legs, you will play with your legs. I mean, that's just part of who you are. If you have good arms, you show your arms. The body language is being in harmony with your body. And with your fashion, it sounds like. And your eye contact is the most important because your eyes are, you know, the reflection of your soul. Eye contact and body language. And then you put a little DVF dress on top of that and you're good. (laughs) Is there anything off limits that you would never wear? I don't like white shoes, but I know they're in fashion now, but I just, for me, it's a no. White sneakers. Yeah, they're so in fashion and booties. Yeah, for sure. Well, they just get dirty at my house because I have two little kids who want to jump in the mud all the time. So (laughs) how old are your kids? Four and six. Cute. Boys. 
I'm dying to have a girl so I could have like a baby DVF wrap dress. Does that exist? So make a boy feminist. Make him a feminist. Oh, don't worry. Both of their rooms are rainbows with patterns everywhere. I use the Eames designs as inspiration. They're already well on their way to at least acknowledging the feminist side of them. And then I'm teaching them how to respect women as much as they can. That's nice. Feminine energy is important in men. Exactly. So I know we have to run to, but I want to know what's next for DVF, the brand and the human. Well, with COVID, we shrunk the business a lot in order to go back to our core. So in a sense, it's a beginning again. I have a young team. Everyone is young. And I'm working on making this huge vault of all the codes, the do and the don'ts, and then letting them fly with their own age and eyes, respecting the codes of the brand. And for me, I told you before, it's to try to have as much impact and use my voice and everything I have to help other women be the women they want to be. That's beautiful. And I know we have your book, Own It, The Secret to Life, to read, to learn how to use that voice. But because this podcast is called Teach Me Something New, we do like to give our listeners one piece of homework for the week ahead. So what one thing would you ask everyone listening to do this week? Oh, a homework for the week? Yep. Maybe make a list of the things you want to discard. Oh and a list of the things that you want to acquire. Oh, I love that. But it could be just two words. doesn't have to be a list. But think of one thing you want to throw away because you think it's toxic, it's a bad habit, and what good habit you would like to take on. Yes, and then set your intention. That's right. Like Diane said before, to keep practicing that habit and to live into it. I love that. Diane, thank you. You are a legend, an icon, and an inspiration to me and to so many of the women and my generation. And it's truly an honor to have gotten to tell your story, to wear your scarf, to wear your dresses, and to speak with you now. We really appreciate your time today. And congratulations again on Own It, The Secret to Life. Thank you. You are a wonderful person. You have great vibes, you have a great website and a good company. And I congratulate you for being the woman you want to be. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Teach Me Something New, a production of iHeartRadio and Brit Co. I'm your host, Britt Morin. Find more information about each episode at Brit.co slash listen. You can also find me on social media. I'm at Brit or follow us at Brit and Co. Teach Me Something New is executive produced by Ali Ives and Ali Perry with additional production and sound design by Mark Lemmerjazy and Aaron Peterson. 